Hi, I'm Paul Haverschrud, host of The Cost of Living. It's a show about money and how it shapes our lives. In big ways, like why inflation could get worse if we all make more money. Here's the hard truth in all of this. Workers are going to have to eat that real wage loss. And small ways, like what's the fastest way to order fast food? That first Big Mac that comes out of the kitchen is going to the drive-thru. Check out The Cost of Living. We're on CBC Listen or wherever you get podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. For more than two years, bird flu has been wreaking havoc on wildlife around the globe. The current strain of H5N1 first appeared in poultry, but this disease has jumped to species like bald eagles, gulls, condors, and pelicans. And now we are seeing thousands of mammals also dying from this disease, including a polar bear. Diana Bell is Emeritus Professor of Conservation Biology at the University of East Anglia and a specialist in emerging diseases. Diana, hello. Hello. Good morning. How does a polar bear die from bird flu? Well, uh, it probably scavenged on on dead birds that um, had been infected with with the virus. We've talked about this over the last couple of years. Um, as as I say, that this crisis is not a too strong of a word. People say uh, ha- has been spreading. Whether it comes to uh, livestock, when it comes to songbirds and migratory birds, from your perspective, how bad is this current outbreak of bird flu? Well, it, it's it's pretty dire. Um, in fact, uh, I've been involved for the last twenty years with H five N one. Um, and um, it, it did emerge in in domestic geese in China, and in in the late nineteen nineties, um, and it it did infect people. Um, the strain around at, at the time um, was 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 uh, caused a high mortality actually in Southeast Asia, um, and that was in the early two thousands, um, and it 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 killed some of the animals that we were working on um, rescued from the animal wild animal trade um, they were called Alston's palm civets um, and and that they, they tested positive for h5n1 and at that time so this was 2005 mm. you know, we, we, we started collating all, all the um, evidence for the num- the number of different, um, bird orders that had been infected and died died from the disease and the mammalian um, species that had died, and uh, and the, the the paper we published then said, uh, you know this this is a really dangerous virus. It, it can kill anything. Um, you know, they don't recover, um, and uh, and then things went quiet on the. Uh, H5N1 front, but it was still, uh, I was still noticing it um, being reported around the world in, in, in poultry farms mainly. And, uh, but the last, the last couple of years have been, uh, uh, it, you know, it's gone through North and South America um, and, uh, you know, just down, down in the Antarctic, um, in South Georgia. Um, and uh, and now we've got the polar bear and high Arctic. How did it get so bad? I mean, as you said, it got quiet for a, a little while. But why why is it so virulent now? I uh, my, my personal view is that it's got something to do with the poultry trade. 
Um, I think that uh, a, a lot of people don't understand or, or, or know about the um, the huge distances, um, you know, intercontinental distances that um, birds are transported for um, the poultry trade. Um, so we have we have birds that um, are, are, are brought in as chicks. Um, so the farms don't don't ha- don't have a cycle of their own from from eggs to chicks to um, to uh, to adults uh, and then culling those. They they bring in the chicks or they bring in the eggs from elsewhere. Um, and it, and it's, it's it's that movement of poultry that uh, I, I think I think is a is a is a real danger. And now. It has moved into, as we said, the high Arctic and into Antarctica as well. When you take a yeah. look at the wildlife in those areas, what are you most concerned about? Well, what I'm concerned about is is the fact that that they're already under threat from climate change, and um, it's a, a very fragile ecosystem. And we, we've seen um, we, we've seen how polar bears are. are are struggling to find uh, to find the seals, which is a pr- primary food source, um, because of the ice breaking up. Um, and so it might it might be uh, that they're they're having to uh, shift their diet to um, to more to scavenging than they did before. But yeah, you know, we, we we won't we won't know. And and, and let's let's just hope that um, that. Uh, uh, that other individuals will not be found. <laughs> I mean, people people love polar bears. I mean, don't get too close to them, Actually, but they, but they love they love to look at a polar bear. They like the image of a polar bear. And you've said that in some ways, maybe the fact that I mean, it's terrible, but th- that this charismatic animal has contracted it could help spur action and and attention to the spread of bird flu. Exactly, Matt. I, th- I think that's ex- exactly the case. It's not. It's not until a charismatic species like an elephant seal or a, or a polar bear, um, uh, a brown and brown bears, black bears, um, they, they've all, they've all been dying from this, this virus. Um, then then people you know stand back and say, well, you know, hang on a minute, what's going on here? And but you know we were, we're warned back in the early two thousands that this was a virulent virus and and in its current form it's in, it's in what's interesting is that um the that people seen in poultry farms can get infected but not show many symptoms um and uh, but we, we you know, so it's a slightly different genotype to the one in the early 2000 which killed people um but it's it certainly is killing other mammals and and, uh, and birds. We've spoken with farmers on this program who've been involved in huge culls of their livestock because of the spread of bird flu. What do you? What has to be done to get this under control and stop the spread? Does it mean changing how poultry, the large poultry farms, operate? Well, yeah. My my view is that 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 is exactly what should be happening. Um, I mean, these these farms have over a million birds 
um, which is the, the, the humongously large. Um, and the more more birds you you have, you know, that's why you, people are staggered by the numbers. But it's it's the size of the farm, um, and um, uh, uh, over half of the the um, poultry farms in the UK uh, have are connected or are partly owned by American companies. And we're seeing a shift to that, that those huge farms in this country. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's a real mistake. Mm-hmm. Just before I let you go, does it, does it drive you mad that you've been working in this, going back to the initial days of SARS, you talked about raising the alarm and sounding the alarm time and again, does it drive you mad that you see these patterns over and over again when it comes to yeah. diseases that spread through animal populations and that doesn't seem as though we pay attention until it's too late? No, no. Well, when, uh, you know, we, we, we said back in 2004, because um, we'd worked on the wildlife trade as the origin of, of SARS, and we, we said this will happen again unless we control the wildlife trade. Um, and so when COVID hit, in January, December two, January two thousand, you know, I was just angry. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was very angry, very angry. Um, and then I got it. <laughs> I hope people pay attention now. Um, I'm glad to yeah. talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank D- you. Diana Bell is an emeritus professor of conservation biology at the University of East Anglia. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.